Hey ladies, welcome to the Diamond Hands podcast. Welcome to our community and explore the exciting industry of medical aesthetics and hear from experienced med spa owners and relevant industry experts, mindset, money, practice management, marketing, find it here. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Hands Podcast. Today, we are so excited to have Dr. Stephen Soar, the owner of Source of Health. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I know. I'm so glad to have you here. So guys, I actually stalked him for a little bit before I met him for the first time at Aesthetics Next. I was like, oh my God. I was like, he does naturopathic medicine and like, you know, like, I was like, that's so cool. And so when I saw you, I was like, okay, podcast and super cool. So we're here today. So happy to be here. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, you know, um, just tell us a little bit about your background and what was the what was the reason why you actually got into medicine in the first place? Sure. So how much time do we have for this podcast? So uh, <laughs> kind of long story short, I had uh, sustained a back injury at 18 years old, freshman yeah. year in college. Like I just oh. stood up doing homework. So I went from like, just a normal, simple life. Like I'm a little nerd and studying in school. And then I couldn't walk for a long time and it was just devastating. So I got into medicine, not because I wanted to, but because I had to, I had to get rid of myself uh, out of pain and figure that part out. So my whole journey was very tangential and non-traditional. I didn't go like high school, college, med school. Mm -hmm. I had to figure things out. And I happened to stumble into a yoga class, changed my life started getting better, found alternative medicine. And Mm -hmm. I kind of went full circle. And then I went back into medical school and I was like, oh, wait, I can be the mind of a doctor and the heart of a healer. And I was teaching yoga, going to medical school. And it was just, just an incredible, insightful balance. And I hadn't quite fixed my back yet after a long time. And back pain, if anyone's has back pain or hasn't had it, like it takes you down. It's not like, oh, you know, I sprained my ankle. Like, no, this is, it takes you down and pulls your energy down and it can be very, very depressing. But yeah, I still think to this day, it was the best, worst thing that has ever happened to me. So oh my perspective is important. And no matter what life throws at you, you're able to handle it. So successful people fail a lot. Quitters yeah. don't. You know, so it, it's just sticking with it and doing what's really in your heart, your desires, your passion. So when I yeah. was, you know, kind of zooming out, like, what do I want to be when I grow up? The things that were always important to me were art and science. Yes. So it's finding that blend of where can you express your creativity? I'm such a creative. Yeah. And then I'm super nerdy and analytical and I like mechanism of action. So biochemistry uh, is my jam. I love uh, those connections and the arrows and the pathways. <laughs> Makes a lot of people cringe, but it's it's helpful. And I like to be a little ridiculous and ridiculous yeah. helpful if that's also good too. Oh my God, you need to be friends with my sister. I think I mentioned that to you before because she's yeah. a naturopathic doctor and I was like, I just remember her when I was young, just like geeking out all the time, like with charts and different things. So we shared a bedroom and I'm just like, well, I just like party last night. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> We're so opposite. Yeah, it's definitely a passion project. 
Yeah, that's so awesome. And so it's like, you know, I know you did mention that you're like really creative. So how does that, I, um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, do you still do a lot of yoga now? Um, and like, how do you feel that besides the practice of medicine, that you're just creative in your personal life? Like, tell us more. I want to know. So yeah, I, I still practice yoga. I teach yoga on Sunday morning. It's been awesome. my last class I have left. So that's just like my my love. Like I can't let that go. And it's such yeah. a great way for me to still teach yoga, but with a, maybe mm-hmm. a, my, my yoga class is different. It's very, very anatomical and alignment based. So it's a little yeah. bit of physical therapy, if you will. Yeah. So I got my core crew of people there that are still at the gym. So I love that. But mm-hmm. I, I love, I'm a homebody. I really like doing house projects and interior <laughs> design and creating things. And um, it's been a whole year of me remodeling this house, not myself, mm-hmm. but with just the pandemic and delays and back quarters, it's, it's been a project for sure. So yeah, that's, been, that's something that I love to do. I love to garden. I like to be mm-hmm. out in nature and just be, I, I love to be human. As much yeah. as like your super hard type A personalities and workers, I really mm-hmm. like that human side. Mm-hmm. I have a golden retriever. Oh, what's your golden retriever's amazing. name? Amazing. It's Griffin. Griffin. So. Oh, that's so great. Oh I my mean, God, guys. You have to watch the YouTube, guys, if you're just listening, because this golden retriever is the cutest. <laughs> it's really, really difficult to get to work sometimes. I just want to cuddle with him all day long. I know, especially when it's like raining and stuff. I can imagine. It's like, and then so it does. So you have that that creative side of you. And like I'm I'm not a green thumb. I would kill something. I I, I don't grow anything. We like my partner and I, we live like nomads. Like there's nothing on the walls. I've got plants all over the place. My I love plant. it. You're yeah, just like my sister. Dad. Oh, that's uh, so great. I, I might have about 50 different plants. Yeah, oh, wow. it's a lot. <laughs> I do see that a lot of those are succulents, though. Do you yeah, have the ones that you have sure. to actually like take care of? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a Very lot. Very nice. <laughs> I love they're that. So, to me, it's easy. You just water them once a week and they're cool, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I should probably do that if I was going to get plants, but <laughs> so that's great. So you ha- you do all that type of creative stuff. And I, and I find it really interesting how you know, you said that you love the human side of life because at the end of the day, we're not going to put on our gravestone. We wish that we worked more, are we? No. I mean, when I go to work, it's, I love what I do so much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I do many different things. I'm very eclectic as far as a practitioner goes. Mm -hmm. We have four verticals in our business that are really important all by themselves but yeah. when people I like to use that right cross-pollinate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you just get that full experience and the people that do a little bit of everything in our practice are mm-hmm. the healthiest and happiest I can see it wow but when people come in they come in for one thing and then they're like wait you also do that here I'm like there's more but I don't want to overwhelm you let's just focus yeah. on what's important to you I'm not here to sell you. I'm here to Mm -hmm. help you. I'm here to guide you along the way. So there's, I I have so many quotes and and file cabinets of really helpful little pearls, but meet people where they're at and lead them where they need to be. Yeah, that's true. Tell you what to do. You know? Well, to a certain extent, <laughs> I mean, some people you got to take them in hand and be like, well, "What are you doing?" Sure. 
I'm just starting to get those people. But tell us about these like four verticals that you have in your practice. Yeah. So a little bit on the business side. So the live better side is our functional medicine. That's your naturopathic core, meaning what's the foundations of health and let's get those first and foremost, because mm-hmm. when people come in, they're like, there's two things that people come in with. They're either tired or they're mm-hmm. in pain. And sometimes it's pain of vein, you know, and, and they're, they're, they look tired or they mm-hmm. feel tired and like, but that's not me. Mm-hmm. So I see people in every decade of adult life. My colleague sees children and, and, and that, but I, I mean, I see adults of all from all decades. And it's mm-hmm. so easy when you can zoom out and be objective because mm-hmm. you can see where something started in the 20s, mm-hmm. then they're in their 30s, 40s, they're like starting to tread water, like, uh, just keep your head up, keep your head up. And by mm-hmm. 50, they're like, I'm drowning. And oh my gosh, what, what am I going to do? I'm like, okay, so if we could start earlier be more proactive and on top of things, you're not gonna wear out as fast. And when something does happen, because life happens and events happen, are you able to have the appropriate adulting skills, the emotional intelligence, the coping strategies to be able to handle whatever life throws at you? You know, failure to plan plan to fail. So proper planning prevents poor performance. They're my five Ps. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's, it's, if i get a little true. sassy we got proper planning prevents piss poor performance yeah, piss poor guys. you heard that one we like that one better <laughs> so i'm like don't make, throw, don't make me throw that 6p at you like you just did not plan ahead and your lack of planning is not my emergency well i mean it sounds like it sounds like you're in my industry i'm in finance and i'm like like you can't come to me when you're in your 50s talking about i need a retirement strategy it's like sir what are you doing man so live better really is all of those things so i have Mm -hmm, seven mm -hmm. laws of health like sleep air food water rest movement and you gotta love yourself too so all those things go into like my little wheel of health so if we're not focusing on those things Mm -hmm. you're not going to do well period next set next set is like okay well if i'm not doing well how do i help myself how do i heal better so that's our regenerative side of the practice. So yeah. regenerative is for like orthopedics, mm-hmm. aesthetics, which is, that goes into look better, but yes. also for uh, uh, sexual dysfunction too. I think it's really important. It's something that is increasingly being spoken of. Yeah. I mean, two guys don't sit in a room and talk about how they don't get erections. Like that's just not going to come up in conversation. It's not. Because Even it's best friend. Yeah, it's going to be embarrassing. It for is. Most. Yeah. And for, I mean, for women, I think there's a little bit more of a support group. Like when you cough and you pee, like after a baby, like that's <laughs> or, like about a little bit more. Or we're dry. <laughs> sure. Or just like we're dry, yeah. it's painful, have intercourse. Like all those things are really important to talk about. So mm-hmm. the sexual health is important and we have regenerative medicine to be able to address that. And that's its yeah. own umbrella term. So there's a lot of things within that. Mm-hmm. Our look better side is obviously how we met is through the aesthetic side of medicine, which is yeah. non-surgical solutions. I'm an injector. I, I love my needlework. That's my art. Yeah. But it's using the properties and of the different medicines and tools that we have. That's where my science brain goes in and anatomy mm-hmm. and physiology and all that goes there together. And yeah. then my last vertical is our physical therapy. That's move better. So yeah. I don't do that myself. Uh, I know enough to be dangerous with from yoga and just my, mm-hmm. my medical background in orthopedics. 
but our physical therapist is absolutely incredible. He has an entire team that works with people. He's mm-hmm. actually, he was at the Olympics in Tokyo and he oh, is wow. off to Austin this week to work with Navy SEALs. Wow. Like he's at, he's doing what I'm doing, but in, in that specific field, he's incredible. And so yeah. many people go into healthcare. They don't know mm-hmm. what they want to do in healthcare and they mm-hmm. end up just kind of like in the system, in the, in the industry. Yeah. And then, they, then you have patients that go to a doctor and they're like, what was that? Like, I don't even feel throat. better. I don't feel better. I have a sore throat and you told me I had pharyngitis. I'm like, that's what a sore throat is in Latin. Like you didn't <laughs> diagnose me. It just like said, that's what it is in a different language. So that's not helpful. No, it's and not. It's just saying, take two pills, call me in the morning is not teaching. The root hmm. word of doctor is docere and docere means to teach. Right. I think we've heard that a little bit before. I like and, that. Okay. I know. I know. So it's really about education. I'm not sitting here up on top of a pedestal saying, I know everything and you all don't know anything. And mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that arrogance and that hubris, it comes out of the hospital. Yeah. It comes out of that. It's called pimping where you belittle yeah. the, the residents and the, the students that are learning. Like that does not, you were maybe a nerd bullied in school don't take that out on people at, when you're an adult and in a professional yeah. setting. There's just no time. There's no tolerance for that. I'm not a designation person, so I don't mm-hmm. care if you're a, if you're a doctor, a nurse, a surgeon, a PA, whatever. Like we're all doing a job together, and it's our specific skill sets and it's our ability to collaborate and have conversations that makes the most amount of difference. So if we don't yeah. do that, we're not helping our patients. And that's why our healthcare system is kind of broken. Mm. I mean, it's so, so it's so interesting that you say that. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because, and I kind of, before um, we kind of get into that, like kind of bad cycle that's in hospitals today that's affecting patient health, I kind of want to go back to um, your first rung of your practice, because I think that's so fascinating. Um, I, I, you don't know me from anywhere, but it's like some, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and I don't know if you're familiar with that religion, but it's just like a big part of it is lifestyle. I'm not that anymore, whatever, but the base of it's there. And like, you know, you talked about, can you say the seven things again? Um, you said sunlight. Okay, so what? I say sleep okay. and rest. They're two different things, because mm-hmm. it's not a sprint, right? Yeah. <laughs> Movement. Yeah. Food and water and air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And love. Yeah, that's so if you great. You love yourself, like RuPaul says. How the hell are you going to love someone else? Exactly, and that's a big thing. And and I truly think, you know, based on my, because I was vegetarian for twenty six years, and now I'm plant based. You know, so I have a little fish and things in there. But I have found it, it, it's like all of that is the base of a good canvas for your look better. You know, because there's people who are going into these practices and they're overweight and they smoke and they don't eat properly. They do all of this and like throw some Botox in me, throw some filler in me. It's going to turn back the clock. Like, honey, like if you're not taking care of your base person, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you'll maybe improve a little bit, but it's not going to be long term. Yeah. And, you know, I do the let's make a deal. Because uh-huh. I'm not trying to just completely belittle somebody because they're not healthy. I mean, they're coming to a doctor for, they want to improve themselves in some way. Of course. But they might not have the ability or the skill set 
or the tools or resources right now to make that change. So right, right place, yeah. right time, take action. Mm. So those are really important. But when somebody wants to say, okay, I want to get rid of my wrinkles. I'm like, okay, well, we can stop the muscles from contracting with a neuromodulator, mm-hmm. but your skin, your skin is like thick and leathery. It's got damage in there. And, and if they are a smoker or a drinker, they're going to hyper age and they're going to mm-hmm. set up so much oxidative stress and they're just going to age faster. So yes. it, we can reverse and we can like rewind and kind of clean off the canvas. But mm-hmm. if you're just sitting there like burning the candle at both ends and just throwing all this junk into your body, what, what are you doing? Like, it's mm-hmm. okay if you have a disposable income like you just throw money at stuff but i'm a little conservative Mm -hmm. i like to say less is more what's the bare minimum that we need to do and Mm -hmm. what's what's overkill really Mm -hmm. so i'm just a very realist i'm very very talkative i communicate with my patients i want to get to know people Mm -hmm. because if you don't listen to what somebody's saying and read between those lines Mm -hmm. and and get that good sense that good read if you will you're going to miss stuff you're going to miss stuff yeah. all the time. And what people are saying might not be what they actually mean. Mm. So you kind of have to, that's where the, the skill and the art, that, there's an art of communication as well. Body oh, yeah. language. Um, I'm not going to get into smells, but you know, some people have an odor to them that, that, and there's different ways of just like picking up little clues mm-hmm. along the way. Interesting. And oh my is like, there's, it's, it's translucent. It doesn't have like that glow, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. And, and so like, my question to you is when a patient comes to you, how, and say they're just not in the best of health. And like you said, they're just trying to throw money at it. So what is that transformative process that you bring them through? And how do you, how do you get them to go through that change that they need to, to just kind of, at the end of the day, what it is, is just loving themselves. Yeah. It's, there's different ways, you know, the different love languages, you know, that everyone, yes, five. Yeah. yeah. So gotta get through all those, like, which one are you know yourself? Mm-hmm. You could do your Myers-Briggs and your disc and all that stuff. I'll talk to yeah. your businessy side a little bit. Yeah. So one of the things that I always do with every person that I meet when they come into my office or even just on, on the sidewalk or whatever, not that no, no one walks anymore, but <laughs> I live in Arizona. So everything's a drive, but <laughs> I always do the, the little blue pill red pill like from the matrix and i say victim and warrior okay Mm. very important i cannot work with victims that victim mentality is not going to get anybody anywhere fast so don't shit on me don't tell me what to do don't walk around with that story in front of you i'm here to help you but i can only meet you halfway you have to take my hand yeah i will show you the steps I will walk you through the process and I will hold you accountable. So mm-hmm. the first thing we do is we say, are we proactive? Are you going to be a warrior? Are you going to be a steward of your health? Are you ready to take this journey with me? If not, mm-hmm. literally no pressure. This is not a sales tool. I'm just saying this is how I roll. And if that doesn't work for you, that's fine. Just don't waste my time because I'm yes. going to think about you. I am going to think about you in oh, my yeah. dreams. And when I'm doing, I'm like, how do I, what am I, I'm going to be investing my time and energy into you. And I want to make mm-hmm. sure that that is reciprocated appropriately. So there's energy wow. exchange. So yeah. I start off with blood work. Blood work mm-hmm. is super important. 
I need to see what's going on underneath the hood. And mm -hmm. we're like, oh, I just had blood work done from my other doctor and said everything is normal. Okay. That's one of my, that's one of those little buttons that you push on me and it gets me all sorts of sassy. Yeah. It's not all normal. Yes, it might not be bolded according to the lab, but that doesn't mean it's optimal. Your lab yeah. that you get your blood work done from is looking at the entire population in that area specifically. So it's yeah. going to change from region to region and it's going to look at a standard deviation, a bell curve. Mm -hmm, Are you within mm -hmm. one or two standard deviations of that bell curve? You're normal. Wow. And especially in this day and age, that is not a good. I need parameter. to compare you to your healthiest, most optimal self. Yeah. People that are dialed in. No offense to Walmart, but the real people of Walmart or just looking at an airport, like, oh, go to the mall to sit back, like, <laughs> You're like honey. I need popcorn. Like, I just want to watch, like, how in the world? I'm like, I don't want to be compared to that. So don't tell me that I'm normal. That's offensive. Amen. Ooh. So we got to find optimal, right? We got to do better. Everybody has yeah. to do better. If Everyone. the pandemic has not taught anybody anything, it's like, do better. Yes. You can. Yes. There's no reason that you have to continue to have diabetes. Like there's just no reason for it. Yes. I understand wow. you're hurting and you're trying to soothe yourself with food, but mm -hmm. we have to get through that. Like it's, it's, it's doable. Type two diabetes is an option. Yeah. It's not a curse. It's an option. And you are not a tree, honey. So you can pick up those legs and walk away. Exactly. If you wow. don't have a support system, if you yourself are not there, mental health is so, so vital. You know this. So yes. counseling is good. I'm a good ear to listen to. Mm -hmm. I'm not a psychotherapist, but I, I think mm -hmm. that there's incredible uh, resources out there. And if I can't do it, I know people that can, that do very well. Yes. So that network is so important knowing how to really get us through from sickness to health. There's so many parallels. Mm -hmm. So there's many different specialists that can help along the way, but who's your person? I want, I like to be that person's special person. I want yeah. to be that person you're going to talk to first and say, okay, level with me. Cause I'm brutally honest. If you can't tell already, mm -hmm. I'm a little sassy at times, but I'm not sassy at someone. I'm sassy because they're, they've been taken advantage of. They're being hurt mistreated yeah. in some way when I know I'm like oh no 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 you do not do that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like you were wrong like when somebody comes into uh, our reception area because we don't have a waiting room mm -hmm. the reception area I'm not gonna be like tell my front desk to say and you are like I'm checking in for uh, I'm like we know who you are you're right on my calendar I know <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting you would you oh, like some wow. tea or water? Sit down, relax for a little bit. Use the restroom before we get started. Yeah. Where's the customer service? Where is the service? Mm -hmm, Everyone mm -hmm. who works does either a product or a service. That's it. Yeah. Right. Sure. So everything is transactional. Everything is sales. But so there's more to that. And I like to build relationships personally, professionally. Mm -hmm. I like to get to know people because it's your community. It is. You can have a global community. You could have a state community, uh, just be a nice small town. A lot of people are in small towns mm -hmm. and the smaller that town, the, the less more you know about, the more you know. And, and the one thing that I like about a small town idea is you're less disposable. Yeah, because they understand the value that you bring, you know, to the marketplace and everything. And they're like, wow, if, if that person is there and they're really taking care of the health of our whole little town, it goes a long way. It 
Yeah, and, and if you do true. something wrong, oh, the whole town's gonna know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I live in, in the Phoenix Valley, so there's like over five million people here. Wow. So very disposable. You don't like something, just go to the next corner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not that it's a saturated market. It's just that there's so many choices. Options, yeah. And yeah. so it, it's, it's almost like if you're dating someone and you're a person who has a lot of options and the person that you're with is starting to act up, you're like, oh. I'm just going to swipe right on the next up. person and keep on going, right? Exactly, Plenty of fish yes. in that pool, right? Same thing, exactly. Same thing with products and services. So you actually, you know, so since you build, you know, relationships with your patients and you're looking at their baseline and you're looking at their numbers and you're looking at those things and you become, you know, an accountability partner to them and you help them, you kind of integrate them into your community, into your world, you know, then you're able to move them from point A to point B much quicker than someone who just says, oh, hi, you're here for what time? Oh, your numbers are good. Bye. Take this pill. It's a, it's a completely different mentality. Yeah, it is. And I, and I think underlying or some of the reasons why that might be is because I don't do insurance. I don't roll mm-hmm. that way. So mm-hmm. if you're going to a doctor that, that takes insurance, you're going to be seen for one thing because that's mm-hmm. one billable code. If you need to do something else, oh, that's another appointment. It, it's, it's a broken system. And so I get sick. it. Mm-hmm. it's that the system itself is sick it's based yeah. on sick care not on health care and oh, i yeah. really I, I i demand it i demand that people do better i just i, I can't tolerate just lack of service it's mm-hmm. it's awful mm-hmm. we have challenges when when people go, go get their labs done i'm like why why did their their cholesterol panel not get run they're like oh sorry i'm like i i, I need to I need that information near the lab. Like it's written right on the piece of paper. They didn't pull the blood. Wow. wow. And, and then we have fax machines. Yes. Yeah. Healthcare has wow. fax. We, it's all mm-hmm. electronic, but okay. HIPAA and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so there's a lot of antiquated technologies that are still there and no one communicates with one another from office to office. It, it, it's hard to collaborate. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a challenge and I don't want to get political at all because it's my least favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> it's my least one, depending on the day and what we're talking about. It depends how much coffee we have at the moment. So you get me caffeinated, watch out. But, I'm still drinking water, so. Yeah. And I don't take sides. I just think that we need to do the right thing. Yeah, we do need to do the right thing. And, and, and even, and I know you and I had to kind of discuss this briefly, like even with this, whole um you know pandemic that had gone on and everything not one time did you ever see a government official or anyone say hey listen you try to be a healthier person to help combat some of the effects of this and 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 it's like and and it's like get your vaccine do what you got to do whatever but at the same time you also have to be a healthier person to deal with some of the onslaughts of not just COVID, but anything that comes into your life. Sure. I mean, I think culturally, our country, the United States, we're, we're kind of seen of as like the number one country, but we're not. We're not. We're not. We have, we're number one in, in certain aspects, but as far as health goes, it's just not talked about because all, our country was really started on the industrial revolution. It was, yeah. So our education system is to make factory workers, assembly line workers. So yeah. we're not taught life skills, we're taught work skills. 
So life and parenting and getting people just able to balance their, their budget and, and, and figure out retirement and figure mm -hmm. out how do I commute from here to here on time? I'm a punctuality like crazy Same. person, like early is on time, on time is late and late is acceptable. Yeah. So you would think I was in the military, but a little thing about my trajectory and my story as I went to culinary school after I hurt my back, after I hurt my back, I had to drop out of college because I couldn't sit in class. So I went to culinary wow. school and I didn't realize because I was like 19 and I was not, I was very naive, a late, late bloomer. I didn't realize how mm -hmm. physically demanding that would have been, but uh, I found out and it was very, very challenging. But yeah. I was taught by a lot of chefs that were in the military and those mm -hmm. principles, in, it's called the French Brigade system. Culinary is an, a military operation. So it's all organization wow. from your chief who is chef to their uh -huh. second in command and then to the yeah. line, front line workers. So oh it's very God. military. So a lot of those principles are in place. So mise en place is a culinary term. It means a place for everything and everything in its place. Oh, okay. I love yeah. learning. So there's so many like life skills that, that you get from putting on different hats and being mm -hmm. able to collaborate. When you talk to somebody in a different field altogether and you're like, hey, I could use that into a different, that's where all the magic happens. Yeah, 100%. And I even think that's why it's so important. And I know it's great to go to industry events and hang out with people in the industry and things like that. But diversity of thought is very important. And sometimes when you're hanging around people that all do the same thing and all the time, you don't get to experience the birthing of new ideas and how you operate or how your practice operates and things like that. And so I think it's really important to continue in life to surround yourself with different types of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's really understanding that community is diversity mm -hmm. and there are so many different faces of humanity and they're all yeah. beautiful in their own way. And you can't yeah. see the light without having some darkness and you can't have yin without yang. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And we have to be able to celebrate that and understand it. Emotions get high. And when emotions mm -hmm. get really elevated, it clouds the judgment. And yeah. overconfidence is an emotion as well. Like being so, you know, heads up there and everyone's beneath me. Like that's ego. It gets in the way. Yeah. So we really just have to remember kind of why we're all here. And it's a lot of soul searching. And, and this is not an easy topic to discuss with anyone. It's a lot of internal personal growth. And your personal yeah. growth is so important for professional growth. Millionaire in their 20s. Like, what? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And yeah, there are are there are there these one-off examples? There's always going to be sure. one-off examples. Like, you know, those kids like, oh, I bought this NFT or this picture for twenty dollars <laughs> and I sold it for eighty thousand dollars. It's like, okay, it's like and those things happen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like that character development. And I I, I know. Um, a friend of mine, he was talking about this, like, you know, there's that gap. It's like who you are today versus who you want to be. And like life is, life should be the, 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 the journey between those two and who you want to be is always going to shift. It's always going to shift right. as you get. Because you can only focus on the next stepping stone because yeah. otherwise you're going to fall. 
stepping yeah. it too far ahead of yourself. So guess what? That stepping stone path is not a straight line. It isn't mm-hmm. a straight line for anyone. As yeah. organized as somebody might be, things happen and you have mm-hmm. to have some sort of flexibility in there. But without stability, you mm-hmm. cannot exert your power. That's a good mm-hmm. one too. That really is. I'm telling you, Dr. Steven, you're just coming in with all the gems today. I don't know. I can't handle this. I don't know what I'm <laughs> going to put as a quote. Like, the show notes are going to be great. <laughs> ridiculous. So, I mean, you know, and with that, I know you talked about that kind of like, um, I can't remember the word. You said mise en place? What is it? Mise en place. Very good. Mise en place. Okay. Yeah. And so you talked about that. So as a business owner, how has that concept of mise en place actually made its way into your practice and how you and how you run your business? So I'm a procedurist. I love procedures mm-hmm. because it's soothing to my nervous system. I have mm. ADHD. Oh my gosh, I can go on tangents, but I don't feel great when I'm off there bouncing off the walls, when things are laid out and organized, not to mm-hmm. an OCD extent, but I like process. I like the muscle memory. Mm. So when I open up my cabinet and I see my different vials and I have my needle and my syringe, I feel like I'm a bartender, like I'm pulling down and, and what's the recipe? And I feel like I'm a chef again and I'm cooking with yes. my spices, right? So that old muscle memory is still there. And I like that. I like yeah. that. I can be a little creative in that. And then mm-hmm. when I go in them and approaching the patient, you know, cl- uh, analyzing their skin, having that conversation, taking mm-hmm. their pictures, mm-hmm. getting them ready, letting them know what their expectations are going to be. Informed consent is very, very important for me. Huge. And then going through the process, walking them through it. I'm sticking needles in people's bodies. I want to make sure that they're not so uncomfortable that they're passing out and mm-hmm. uh, making sure the experience is, is somewhat enjoyable. So there's a a sharp component involved so I'm trying to like lighten it and round it I tell yeah. jokes and I'm just jovial I'm like what music mm. do you want to listen to let's have fun you know nice. this is all about you so whether I'm giving someone the lips that they want or I'm helping them with their meniscus tear in their knee mm-hmm. everyone's like how do you do all of these things because I know how to and I'm trained to I want to mm-hmm. help people and it's okay that I'm I'm able to do more than one thing. If I only treated knees all day long, I'd be bored out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd be an expert at it, but you'd be bored. <laughs> it, but it's not even like that. I have the knowledge, the skills, the expertise, years of experience doing this. It, it's not just that. I'm not, I'm not a surgeon, right? So I, yeah. I, I think if you're doing knee replacements all day long, like a joint replacement of a knee is very, very different than a hip. And yes. That, that's a skill of a surgeon and they don't really need to have a conversation with their patient. The mm-hmm. purpose of a surgeon is to cut. A good surgeon mm-hmm. cuts everybody. A great surgeon knows when not to cut. Mm. There's a little sass in there, but <laughs> it's true. Because, yeah. you know, there, we have evidence now of like long-term studies of like, what's the best solution? Should we do this sooner or later? What, what's the best idea? What's the best yeah. consensus of the scientific community? So that's important mm-hmm. to understand. But procedure is very, very good. And when you can set things up in place and you know how to booby trap yourself from pitfalls, Mm. that's where mise en place comes in. I love that. I don't have to run around. Where are my gloves? I'm out of this. I'm out of that. Like you just didn't plan ahead. So failure to plan is a plan to fail. 
Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I think that any practitioner, you guys that are listening to this, and if you're thinking of starting your own business, you know, that's something, you know, the concept of mise en place is something that you should incorporate into your practice. Because if you don't have a system and a process for everything, you are bound to fail, you are bound to mess something up. And even if you're not in this industry, it applies everywhere. Yeah, It's an SOP, right? Yeah, that, that's basically. what we're talking about. We're talking about SOPs. What are the systems and processes? And if you don't have that organization, if you don't have it set up, you can't just make an SOP and like put it away. It needs to be <laughs> utilized. Yeah. So it's like, oh, what's the answering the phone SOP? Like, okay. Well, the front desk person is going to do that. Are you going to hear every single word? These calls are monitored and recorded for quality purposes. Like, okay, maybe if you're a huge company and you have time to do that, but I'm in with patients all day long and like I blink and the day's over. Like, what just happened? Exactly. I didn't, I didn't get anything done. I helped people, which I'm grateful yeah. and privileged for, but mm-hmm. I didn't do anything for the business. I just worked. I worked in the business, not on it. On it. Exactly. And so, you know, as a business owner, for you, when you're kind of like leading your team and like things like that, you know, what do you do in order to ensure that you're checking in with everybody and that they're all on the same page with, you know, as you said, like SOPs and things like, how do you ensure that you know, everyone is moving forward with the same vision and the same processes. So I check in, I check in mm-hmm. a lot. I'm like, how are you doing? Like just one-on-one, not like a manager meeting or anything stuffy like that, but I'm, mm-hmm. I have a small team. I have less than 10 people on yeah. practice. So I, I know everyone's life. I know what's going on. And I know when someone's having an off day and like, do I pry to back off? Just let it be. I'm not going to micromanage. I can micromanage because I'm a control freak. I know that about myself. I'm like, I think a lot of ADHD people like, are. You got this. Like, you can do it. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have used that wording or I wouldn't say it that way. But you know, you're yeah. great at what you do. You mm-hmm. own your position. It's mm-hmm. not my company. It's all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My front desk is uh, it's Tori. So I, we had to make a hashtag. I'm like, just call Tori. Just call Tori. Whatever. Yeah. What should I do? I'm like, just call Tori. She will yeah. guide you. She's your, she's steering the ship for me. She'll steer mm-hmm. the ship for you. Like, don't ask me like, oh, can I get you in? Like, please call her. She, mm-hmm. every time I try to put somebody in my schedule, I mess up. I, I've let that part go because she has people penciled in, but it's not on. The, so I can't do that. And I don't want to do that. And I, I take care of everybody. And, and yeah. whether that's financially, emotionally, professionally, like I, I need to make sure I'm, I'm a caretaker. I, I'm always yeah. been a nurturing type of individual. And you have to give people what they require. It's not just money. Money is mm-hmm. not a driving force for everyone. And that's true. And I, I need really to feel loved and accepted, right? You do. I had you a patient do. come in. She works in legal. Um, and she had gained all of this weight. She always mm-hmm. like was working and like, oh my God, is somebody going to yell at me? Am I going to be in trouble yeah. for years? And she finally said, you know what? It's enough. So she found a new job and she started it and she's still like ready to flinch. I'm like a PTSD kind of. Yeah. She's ready to flinch every time somebody comes in. She's like, no one, no one barked at me today. Wow. I'm like, sweetheart, your life is going to change. You are in a, in a very, very bad work environment. And every day it's like, you're, 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 you're confronting that abuser. 
and you don't have to tolerate that. That is not okay. You're just, but she's committed to that job because that's her job. That's where she goes every day. Mm -hmm. Same thing with personal life. People are in abusive relationships and you're just not living your best life. And it's not love. That's not love. It's, it's, it's a form of torture and that's, it's hard. So there's challenges and pitfalls with everything. Nothing will kill a mood like a bad employee. Well, that's, that's very, very, very true. And, and, and there's this, this thing is like, you know, you're only as strong as your team. And, and it kind of gets back to what you were talking about, how you could do the minus break, you can do the disc, you do whatever. But in, in understanding your employee's love language, it sounds weird, but, you know, there's, a, there's, there's the five languages for the workplace as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so understanding how they operate, kind of what makes them tick is very important for their success. So you can make sure that you're giving them what they what they, what they they need when they're working for you too. So true. You know, a business is a living organism. Yeah. You know, we give it a, a EIN number, tax ID number, and mm-hmm. we have social security numbers, right? It yeah. is a living, breathing entity. You know, it had, there's a plumbing, there's a nervous system, there's electrical, all, all of this is together. And then you've got the bones of the business. And then the soft tissue is, is the employees like and, and everybody working in the staff. And then you've got mm-hmm. your diet, right? You have your exercise, you have your elimination mm-hmm. pathways. It's all, it's all alive. So yeah. I really you know, like that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> that's so great. Thanks. Yeah, that's so awesome. So I mean, so kind of bringing it back a little bit more. So were, were you working for a hospital before you went into private practice? And, and what was, okay, so you, so tell us about your journey to even start your private practice and some of the challenges that you went through in the early days when you started your business. Oh boy. So, uh, <laughs> so I went to naturopathic medical school here in Arizona at the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine. And mm-hmm. in naturopathic medicine, there's only half of the states in the country are licensed, yeah. okay? So it's a smaller profession. It's been growing, but it's lobbying and getting bills passed to bring that back up into the system. Mm-hmm. Prior to 1910, 1910, there was many different types of doctors. And then there was something called the Flexner Report in 1910, which basically abolished everything else except for the MD. Like it's all quackery except for the MD, which was drugs and surgery. That was it. Wow. So it's been a long history of that. So in doing so, insurance companies are still not all on board with naturopathic medicine. Medicare, Mm -hmm. only in the states of Washington and Oregon, I believe, are able to accept naturopathic medical doctors as physicians and and covered by Medicare. Arizona Mm -hmm. is not one of those states. So insurance leads a lot in healthcare these days mm-hmm. because healthcare costs in a hospital are super expensive. Yeah. So I never wanted to go down that route because it's ugly and it, it's, it's not helpful. So I went yeah. to naturopathic medical school because I could do many different things. And the scope of practice here in the state of Arizona is, is broad. So I could do minor surgery and I can give somebody herbs. I mean, there's, there's a plethora of things that we can do. Mm-hmm. So we don't have full-fledged residencies like in a hospital setting yeah. because those are paid for by giant giant, giant numbers that are able to withstand that. So because the profession is small, it doesn't have that residency system set up. 
we have clinical rotations within our yeah. second, our last two years of school. We have clinical rotations where we're underneath and attending a physician and seeing patients and, and working through all of those things. Very similar to anything else to be a clinician. We're, we're trained as primary care providers. So when I got out of medical school, I felt very confident in my skill set. And I knew that I wanted to have my own practice. Now, this is not something that everybody should do. Please do not do this. Do not do this. I opened up an entire medical center. Yeah. Two of my classmates joined me and they saw only a couple of patients and they left in two months. Oh. I absolutely, it was devastating. I was building it up. I created this beautiful office with many rooms, many services offered, and they just, bye. Wow. They're like, this is too hard. I just, I'm like, okay. I did not do that. That was not a good choice, not a good selection. I wanted to yeah. be a little bit too big, a little too fast, but luckily mm-hmm. because I had a community already built, it saved my life and my practice. So that first year wow. was very, very hard, but really after the third month, I was profitable. Wow, that's huge. Uh, that, I know, huge. I know. Um, I didn't pay myself a lot. I mean, at, at all. I mean, I was on a resident salary for sure. Mm-hmm. But I was surviving and I was actually starting to figure out this living organism. I had a brand new baby. I could not sleep. Oh. I had to get back to, the, to take care of my baby. And I, it was this was not just like a passion project of mine. Like, this is my life. And I had to yeah. take care of it and cater to it. So... That's what that's what what happened in the first year, and it became a very very quick success. Yeah, and I still think that I'm failing all the time, and I'm okay with it now. I'm okay yeah. with it now. I don't feel the full on anxiety and panic attacks anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, and I love what I do, and the numbers mm-hmm. are there. You know, we're still we're we're good. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it's because of all of the skills and all of the experience and, and the yeah. constant training, constant training, yeah. learning how to do better. No one learns anything in school. I swear. I swear no one learns anything. Of in course school. not. It's it's because no. it's, it's not practical. No, no, no. It's all very like, uh, here's a here's a situation that the, the professor has made up and da, 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 you go through these case studies and what it's like but then when you get in front of somebody else in real life oh it's not exactly that way yeah but you know it's learning how to think and I think that's the biggest biggest crutch that people don't have Ooh. is they don't know how to think on their own well you're preaching <laughs> like we're about to have a church service right now like <laughs> <laughs> preach it <laughs> serious so I'll oh give you goodness. a simple example of that. When I was in culinary school, the chef was like, don't ask me where the potato is. Go find it first. Because mm. it's all hands on deck, like move really, really fast. You're running, you're running. Where's the potato? Did you look for where the potato might be? Mm. Do you think the potato's in the refrigerator? It doesn't have to be. So, you know, just people just don't think. It's true. It's almost like someone asking you something that they could just go and find on Google. Or yeah. it's yeah. like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you asking me that question? It's like you're, waste, you're wasting your time and you're wasting my time. Yeah. One of the hardest skills is learning how to ask a great question. Mm. That's the highest level of brain activity is how do I ask a better question? How do I improve on that question? Let's get a little bit more detailed. 
And learning and training your brain to think from science is not easy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because the scientific method is saying, how do we control everything and only have one variable? Yeah. Where in your life do you only have one variable? I mean, is it even possible? Because, you know, you look at, you know, we look at our lives, it's like, there's only so much quote unquote experimentation that we can do before we expire, you know, because exactly. we're, we're all going to die. We can't be like, oh, if I do this right here and I do this right here, which one's going to turn out better? We don't have infinite time. So the only thing that we have to, to go off of is stories, you know, other people's stories that have done something similar to us in life and looking at those examples. That's literally the only thing we can go off of because we don't have infinite time to go through infinite paths. When you're very young and you know one thing, you're so excited, you're like, this is the way it is. And then you're like, actually, mm -hmm. uh, I it's don't know anything. And then as time goes by, now you're getting some experience and wisdom builds mm -hmm. and then you actually do know, but then you're like, there's still so much I don't know, but you're aware of it. Exactly. And I, and I think that's the most beautiful thing in, in life, just like knowing that we don't know everything, trying to know as much as we can about whatever, you know, makes us tick in life. And, and, and it's okay. Just knowing it's okay. It's okay. Every know. master begins as a disaster. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. You cannot hit the ground perfect. And that's awful. Perfect is a bad word in my book. We're only looking to do better every day, be better tomorrow than you were yesterday. And that's all that I could ever ask from anybody. You know, how are yeah. we doing better? Are you improving all around? Are you the yeah. person who lights up the room and everybody wants to be around? You're like, oh no, here she comes. Mm. Like, oh, don't, the people should not scour and run away from you. Like, what is that gonna do? You're, you gotta bring people mm -hmm. up. And that's yeah. our job. Everyone's job, everyone who's listening to this just needs to brighten everybody else's day. That's all. Yeah. There's a wow. lot of stuff going on. So just be there for people. That's so great. And guys, we're totally going to leave you on that. I'm not even going to say what's his piece of advice, because that was a really great point to leave everything on that, um, you know, Dr. Sora. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for, you know, just kind of sharing your story with us and sharing like, some of your philosophies behind your practice. And everyone is going to want to know how they can find you. So please let us know. How can we find you on Instagram, website, you know, and if someone wants to be a patient, how can they get in touch? So I think everybody has to follow me on Instagram. Dr. Steven Storr, <laughs> uh, full disclosure, every Friday I tell a dad joke. So if you can't handle dad jokes, um, I don't want to know you, but bye. You know, uh, so dad jokes are good. I, I like a little humor in my life. It's good. But Dr. Steven Sorso, I post a bunch of different things, a lot of aesthetic stuff and just wellness, future of medicine type of ideas. My website is mysourceofhealth.com, mysourceofhealth.com. And through that, you can message us or just call Tori at the office and speak to her. And that's how we get engaged. That's how we start our relationship and just help everyone else get better. So we're in Scottsdale, Arizona. So we can work anywhere within the valley here throughout the state and we do some telemedicine as well for some consulting like what you heard please leave us a review if you want to get actionable steps on how to grow and protect your practice attract and retain the best in the industry and exit on your terms sign up for my newsletter the aesthetic ceo by going to www.tracydonovan.com i'm leslie tracy your host it was great to have you improving is the name of the game.